another edition of Persons of Interest, and I'm going back into the college athletics space, although she's not officially going to be officially tied into the college athletics space, probably a little bit still, but um, Michelle Van Dorn is, are you still you're not director of new media. You're associate AD, new media assistant, assistant AD. I love to say associate, but yeah, assistant <laughs> okay. athletic director of new media at the University of Northern Iowa. And okay, this is 2019. I'm going to guess see if I can remember how long you've been there. I think you did. You start in 2014. 2012 but the first two years weren't that memorable for you so you know i didn't really start doing anything until 2014 so that's (laughs) that's not true that is not true one bit see and that that's typically how these things go I, i i don't write any script down i told michelle this i don't write anything down especially the people that I've conversated with before. I just want to, it's like a catch up time and we see where it goes and she's already put me on the, on notice, I guess. So it's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. How are you been? I've been really, really good. Yeah. It's been a busy season. It's championship season for college athletics. So it definitely keeps me busy. There's, you know, we've got teams all over the nation and it's really fun to watch them this time of year. Yeah. This, this, we're recording here on Wednesday, March 6th, and it's what we call the crossover season. The winter sports are in the championship sort of uh, time frame, and now the spring sports have started. Um, you specifically cover wrestling for you and I, right? I do. So I do video and social media for all of our sports. And then I have the sports information duties just for wrestling. So I think it confuses some of those full-time sports information people. They question why I only have one sport and, and usually wrestling tends to be an intern. So I think they feel bad that, you know, this old lady is still covering (laughs) wrestling. And so it's, it's kind of fun to see the reactions, but I couldn't be happier to cover the sport that I have. And, see, and when I was at the Valley, I didn't have a specific sport responsibility. I was just doing the social media, graphic design, video stuff for everybody. And of course, it's different being at the conference office versus being at uh, a school, being at the, on the, uh, the school side of things. Um, obviously, you've got way more day to day events than we focus on the championship events. Um, but like I said, this weekend's a big one here in St. Louis with uh, the Missouri Valley Conference basketball tournament, which you and I will be playing in. Um, but you're getting ready for wrestling. And where is that at this weekend? So we will be in Tulsa. We leave tomorrow morning. We'll okay. drive on a bus. Um have all day Fridays to kind of get the guys shake things out and, and get used to the arena. And then they start competition on that Saturday. They'll go, gosh, there's four sessions. Um, pretty long ones. I can't remember how many matches they wrestled. I need to add that up because it's it's well into the hundreds oh, um, wow. overall, like with everybody. Yeah. And then uh, we head home Sunday, hop on a bus at nine or ten o'clock at night, roll in about seven seven thirty. The guys kind of pose off and <laughs> head to uh, head to class. So we always got to make sure that they're back on time and they barely make it. So it's wow. a long day. So now that I'm not. Uh, in the college athletic space anymore. This is funny because I had never, the Valley doesn't have wrestling. Of course, you and I is in a different conference for wrestling and the Missouri Valley Conference does not have wrestling. But I now work uh, for a school district and I, I'm i engaged and I go out to a lot of the activities and events. Wrestling is one of those ones that I have actually now 
been to and experienced myself, no idea. I'd never, I mean, I've seen wrestling in the Olympics. I've seen it on TV, of course, but going in person, I never went in high school, totally different thing. And it was actually pretty intense and I'd never taken pictures of it either. And I did that too. Pretty fun. They do the spotlights. Uh, yeah, they do the entrances. The kids have their own music when they come out for uh, each weight weight match and everything so pretty cool experience for me for you did you know much about wrestling when you started at you and i as the sid so not as much as i do now and i would say i still have a ton to learn but luckily my wrestling cheerleading um career (laughs) played into (laughs) my college career for my you know my actual work when I graduated college, but I came from a wrestling college as well. So Warburg College is a small liberal Mm -hmm. arts college. Um, They're known for winning championships. They usually, it's either them or Augsburg. It's one and two for the last 20 some years. I couldn't even tell you how many um, championships that Jim Miller won, but he got to the, to the college and he said, you know what, we're going to start winning championships. And this was a a school that was not very good at wrestling. And he said, we're going to start winning championships at the conference level. And we're going to start winning at the national level. And I think some people laughed at him. And within a year or two, he had turned that program around and they haven't lost a conference championship in several decades. Like it's, it's crazy how good they are. So it was hard to not kind of understand the basic. And I think coming from Iowa, I'm always shocked at how many people haven't seen or don't know, but yeah. So it's one of those sports that I'll be honest. Um, I probably would have never watched on my own and I got away from a little bit after high school when I didn't know the guys very well. And then, um, and then when I started at college or my job at the college, you know, I still hadn't been watching that much wrestling, but when you start to really follow the names, I feel like it's a lot like politics where when you start to understand the storylines and you start to know the names of the people, it really becomes very interesting. But I think with a lot of people with politics, they don't get into it because they don't know that basic foundation of it. Sure. Sure. So before we get too deep into what you're doing currently and then what your future is, I want to go back a little bit um, because I think one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast actually is sort of to tell people's stories and, you know, find out what makes them unique and things like that. And you weren't always working in college athletics. You come back like me. I just sort of oh, I'll apply for this. This could be fun. This would be cool. I know about the Valley. Let's give it a shot. And I landed there and I was there for seven, have eight years, whatever. And you've sort of done the same thing at you and I, but tell the folks where you started from because you were working in the journalism field and things like that, right? Correct. So I graduated high school assuming that I would be the next sports writer at wherever. So I was going to be a journalist, but I was going to be working in sports, went to college. And then um, back then we had, it's pretty easy. They called it a double major. I really think it's more of a double emphasis. So it was print and electronic media um, with the electronic side being TV and radio. Cause you know, this newfangled internet stuff was not really, <laughs> you know, not a thing per se when I was there. Um, So I graduated and thought, you know, now that I had gotten this TV background, I kind of wanted to go into ESPN type stuff where you're directing games and you're doing all the behind the scenes things. And then my friend um, that I had gone to school with, she had already graduated and she had a job at our local newspaper here in Waterloo, Iowa, and said that she had told them I would be applying. 
And I said, well, that's really awful because I don't want to work there. I want (laughs) to go somewhere else. I have all these big plans and I don't even want to be in newspaper. And she said, well, if you don't, it's going to look really bad on me because I've already told them this and this is my boss and this is like the real world. So (laughs) I ended up applying and they called and I think it was more of a courtesy thing. And just the background of where I went to school, it's an amazing journalism school. So I went, got a job was very upfront with them. I told them that wasn't what I was looking for. And I probably would be done, you know, soon, as soon as I found something else. And he, they said, well, we may not want you after the summer. So we'll just see how this goes. So about 13 years later, <laughs> I was, uh, I ended up starting as a copy editor there and writing the headlines and looking for mistakes, that kind of thing. And then they started getting into uh, more video and they were doing more things online and trying to figure out how they can make the newspaper world, you know, interesting to those trying to read it online. And they created a position for me. So it was an amazing opportunity. We'd never had an online editor and I was able to be the first one at our newspaper. So that led into doing more video stuff, getting our uh, reporters on Twitter. That was a new thing when I was there. <laughs> and so, yeah, I know it's hilarious to think of. And I remember the former publisher telling me, well, this Twitter thing, I don't know why you're wasting your time. Nice. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to die. It's already on the way out. So I was like, well, I don't know. I still see some relevance. So most of the reporters got on board. I was very thankful that they were willing to listen. Um, and then that job ended. And I went to Wassendorf and Associates. So this is a fun Google. Um, He owns, Russ Wassendorf Sr. owned a lot of different companies and one of them being a brokerage firm. And then he also had the side that I I worked on, which was Wassendorf and Associates. And so it was a publishing company. And my main job was to be the executive editor of his online magazine. And it taught people how to trade stocks, futures, options, that kind of thing. So something I knew nothing about, but they wanted to make it really dynamic and add more video. And they considered my lack of knowledge as kind of a plus, because if I didn't understand the article and I didn't know what to do next, then I probably wasn't going to be able to help other people who were trying to learn. So I, yeah, I have, (laughs) yeah, it was still a very uncomfortable and challenging learning curve, but so I was there for a year and a half. And then one day I came to work and Russ uh, senior had gone behind our building. And he was actually trying to commit suicide behind our building. And so he had stolen 200 million to 300 million from personal accounts. Yeah. And so it was a huge scandal. It's been on American Greed. And, you know, it just it turned out horrible for many people. I know, obviously, for him, too. Um, He was just he was a very generous man. We obviously know why now. But it's one of those things where I don't think he intended to hurt anybody. And it just kept snowballing. And he found no other way out. Yeah. So his family was just, you know, devastated by this. And and yeah, so I got to go down there and try to open the car that he was in um, and then alert the authorities. And it was, yeah, the FBI was immediately on the scene and, and uh, the building shut down. Um, We didn't know at the time how bad the damage was as far as, I mean, we knew what he had done, that he had, you know, taken money, but to the extent we didn't know. So we had a meeting, you know, with all the offices. It was, um, he had many worldwide. There were some in China, some in Australia, all these different places. 
And so we tried to connect everybody together and they explained to us, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but we'd love for people to come back tomorrow. And, you know, if you can stay with us, that would be great. And we'll try to restructure and maybe we'll have to file for bankruptcy, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to get out of this. And then that night on the news, they, they told us, um, how bad it was. And then I knew that the company would be shutting down. Oh wow! So luckily I had already put in an application for the job that I currently have at UNI and they called and said, we had heard of what happened and we thought of you about this job, but we didn't bother calling because we knew where you worked, but now things have changed. Are you interested? And, oh, and wow. things went from there. So it was a blessing for me. Um, unfortunately, many other people lost a lot of money. I lost a week's worth of pay, but you know, and I had a good summer vacation. Would have been nice to know there would have been a job at the end, but but yeah. So I had a little time off and a little time to adjust and, and get back on track. That's a heck of a like timely I, life vest to be thrown. Like, wow, wow. Yeah, I got so no I, words. Like, I didn't know this story. Of course, I'm not. I'm not up there. It's so like I didn't know that story. So that's crazy. Yes. Yes. It was. Yeah. In the first day I arrived at UNI, there was an ambulance sitting in front of the building. I just thought, oh my gosh, what could possibly be happening now? But I'm not sure that anything, I didn't even see the lights ever go on. So I think everything was okay, but I was standard just like, oh, athletic training. Something, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just go with that. It was a standard yes. training procedure, just in case kind of thing. Yeah. We'll go with that. I think it was, there were no lights. So we're good. Wow. Wow. That, okay. Okay. So, Fast 2012, you're at UNI. And so when you get to UNI, so at that point, I am two years into my time at the Valley. And there weren't many people doing what I was doing, meaning managing social media, doing video content. Um, I'm trying to think back to when I first started. I think there may... Illinois State had a video crew that, you know, did the video board stuff and that was their job. Um, But there weren't many people on the communication side or even marketing side. They were just our job is social media and to be creative and do stuff to sell tickets and yada, yada, yada. Indiana State, I think, had a person at the time. And I I, like my mind's not all there. I'm trying to think back as far as I can. It wasn't a thing. And you might be one of the first ones in the Valley to hop on to get that ball rolling. Yeah. And And it it was fun. Like, again, it was the second time that a position had been created for me. Um, It's definitely a hodgepodge position that um, has been difficult to fill and, and try to do as much as I want to, like, make every area as strong as I want to, because, you know, video could be a full-time job and social media could be a full-time job, which I used to laugh about. I remember seeing posts for jobs that were, you know, for just social media. I thought, oh my goodness, they are going to pay somebody to play on Facebook the entire day. I thought that is not a job. That is not a job. (laughs) And it really could be, you know, I I'm seeing it now, especially Right now, I have more than 50 accounts or so that I'm kind of monitoring and uploading to. And, you know, 50? it's just hard to keep them all running. Five, five, yeah. zero. So yeah. this, this obviously is more than just team accounts. I mean, I'm, you and I have a lot of teams, but like how many other accounts? Well, like, what are all these other accounts? Well, there's um, there's some booster club accounts and okay. there's mascots. Club, yeah. And then, yep. And then we also have and cheer. And then we also have and, and I'm talking like 
you know, Facebook is one, yeah, yeah. Instagram another, yeah. Twitter another. So when you start adding Multiply up that it. each one of them wants their own separate, some of them wanted their own separate YouTube, that's been oh, a whole thing. Geez. So <laughs> we're trying to, I've always been trying to scale them down. I think we dissect our, our fan base a little more than I would like. And I think, I think some of the fewer accounts could make us more of a power house kind of social media platforms and so so that's always been my push is maybe let's concentrate on where we can really have the most impact so you come from this journalism background and now you're thrust into digital media social media and video content and you talked about at the beginning it's like man doing something like the espn type stuff and it's kind of sort of going in that direction but like when you start i mean to me, you were the first ones. You really utilized the YouTube. Like, like, let's start there. Doing the video stuff, using the U and I media room kind of thing. Like, how much experience did you have with that before you got to U and I? Because you were cranking out video content like all the time. I mean. I, I never had a problem getting you and I video when I needed it because I knew you were shooting so much stuff. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, when I was able to start doing more of it, because um, I did do some video stuff when I was at the newspaper. Um, if there was a game, it was me kind of covering the game from the video side. And so I was already used to covering sports just a little bit because of that. And obviously I enjoyed sports. And so being in the athletic realm was just really fun again. Um, I, I don't know. It was, it's a lot of hours. That's for sure. And really the YouTube channel was created out of necessity where I knew the, the, the heart that our media partners face. And it was something that I couldn't necessarily explain to administration. I think they thought, well, if you don't give them the content, then they will come. And I had to explain to them, they're not coming. Like as much as I would love to say that some of our larger markets are going to come, they're just not going to be there um, because of the time that it takes. So we have, you know, Des Moines is just a two, two and a half hours away, but that's a full day's worth of work to pay somebody just to drive up, get some video and drive home. And they only need 30 seconds, right. but they'll use our video if we can give it to them. But the problem is we didn't have the money to pay for an FTP site. So we had to figure out how can we get this to them logistically that's cost effective for us and easy for them. So yeah, I created the YouTube account and tried to figure out how can people download this pretty easily, send out instructions for for them to use it so and, and let them know this is this is for you to use on your broadcast and if there's something that you need, just let us know, that kind of thing. So it was just it was more out of necessity of making sure that we're reaching the markets that Panther fans are at and and giving it to them when they need it. And you really were shooting like you'd have women's basketball layup you'd have crowd shot you'd have mascot shot men's basketball three-pointer um coach comments post-game interview i mean you were literally cut like anything that the media might have needed they could go in there and find it and get it and you know put it on the 10 o'clock news and they'd be ready to go without having to actually drive up there were you actually seeing like were you hearing from them saying this is awesome thank you we don't have anybody else that does this for us and hand feeds it to us because i mean that's almost like what you were doing you you were literally helping them do their job and it's got to help because now you and i is now getting coverage that is sorely that they want to have and that's how you get people to come to the games when you find out hey the panthers are doing good look at the highlights come to the game and buy a ticket absolutely so 
I was really starting to question. I thought I am spending a lot of time doing what? And I would look at the, you know, and the views weren't public. I mean, obviously the public could go to this channel, but we didn't broadcast it. So I didn't expect a ton of views on it, but I would kind of look and I thought, Oh, this doesn't seem that good. And anyway, I, this is how I knew it was working because there was one week, um, there must've been an early game and coach Jake from you and I men's basketball couldn't be there for our weekly press conference. So he headed out early, missed the Monday meeting or missed the Monday press conference. They sent out all the clips. Here's what we got. And I immediately got about six emails. Where's coach Jake? Where's the men's basketball report? (laughs) And so then I'm like, Oh, this is so great. Like, unfortunately we don't have it, but now I know that you guys actually are. So yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, even restaurants, anybody sees it, you don't hear when it's good, right? but when something goes bad, you hear about it. And so this is how I knew that, yeah, it was working. But without that, I probably wouldn't know. Um, I did have another reporter, and this actually worked out well for print as well. Um, We were having a problem getting the reporter and the wrestling coach connected. The reporter had to cancel, and then the wrestling coach got busy. And so anyway, he was able to go back, though, and look at the press conference that we had put online and find the comment that he needed about the question that he actually had, and the coach addressed it in the press conference. So he was able to get his quote without having to to sacrifice anything for the story and, and, and spend any more time trying to get connected. So it worked out in many ways. Nice. So between that managing social media, wrestling SID, um, throw in some probably random other, other duties as a sign, you know, graphic design, designing graphics for social, you know, all that stuff. You, you're probably all over the place. Like I was, um, was there one aspect of the job that you appreciate more or that you're like, man, I, this is the one thing I really like doing. And one that you're like, "Eh, man, I just got to grind through this one. Well, every Monday is a grind. It's our press conference day. And I always say the man at podium shots are by far my least favorite video to take. (laughs) It's just not the Um, most exciting stuff. No. And it's stuff that I kind of hear on a daily basis. I know our fans don't always, but it is also our probably most used. So it's really hard to argue that we shouldn't keep doing it because it is how our media connects with our coaches. So it's been pretty great to have it available for our media, but um, definitely the least part of my job. Um, favorite part is hard to say, but it's been, and it probably is the times with the wrestlers, um, just because I'm a little bit closer to them. They know that I do everything for them from graphic design to social media, to their notes, to dealing with the media, connecting them for interviews, that kind of thing. So I think, um, just having more of that personal relationship with them yeah. and kind of getting to know their stories. I, I get to hear about a lot of the other student athletes, but, and not that it's not my job to know their stories as well, but it's really my job to be the one who can talk to a reporter and say, did you know that this kid had jury duty this week and he's on a 15 match win streak. And has that actually happened? His- <laughs> yeah, it did. You had somebody so on jury been- duty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jury duty on a Monday. And he had his 100th win career victory on a Friday. So it was just kind of fun. But yeah, and he's been doing well ever since. He hasn't lost since December. So hoping that continues through the end of March. Nice, nice. Is there anything that stands out from your time 
at Panther Panther Athletics that you've been there to capture. You're like, wow, that's a cool moment. And I'm asking that for a reason because I tweeted something earlier today and I'm like getting, oh, this is awesome. And then like the other fans are like, thanks for ripping off a scab. This is awful. <laughs> but just curious your feedback for someone that's seen a lot of, because Panthers have had their share of success uh, last couple of years. So. Absolutely. Um, there's so many. I would say I was there for um, Doug Schwab, our wrestling coach's first All-American since he took over the Panther helm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the student athlete was one who um, hadn't really achieved that much throughout his career. I mean, he was a solid wrestler, obviously, but he actually had wanted to quit UNI as a freshman. He came from Louisiana and he hit his first winner here in Iowa and it didn't go well. And oh. so he actually called his dad to say that he was quitting and he was coming home and he just couldn't take it anymore. And his dad said, absolutely not. You're going to stick this out. And I'm so glad he did because by the time he got it to be a senior, he he won his first All America. Well, not one, but he earned his first All America title. So nice, nice. So yeah, so he made it to the podium, and that was that was fun to see. Um, but yeah, there's just been, and even in my time at the Courier, has been like some amazing experiences yeah. that I never experienced. Like um, we got to fly in a Blackhawk helicopter. They wanted to give us the full experience of what it was like to be a soldier. And we had the largest deployment in Iowa, uh, about 5,000 troops, and they were headed all over the world. And so they flew us up as media people in Blackhawk helicopters and let us spend a day and a night and the next day just kind of seeing what the training is that they go through. So we slept in the barracks with them. And and that was was an experience. Um, Yeah, it was just very, very interesting to kind of see how they operate and the things that they were preparing for. And, and I think I got to see a little different side too, because there's not that many women that were serving. Sure. And so yeah. I got to kind of see that side of it and kind of what they were expecting going into, you know, these, these Middle Eastern countries and and knowing that women are not, you know, held in as high of regard as they would prefer. Um, but yeah, there's just been so many things. I, uh, I remember covering the funeral of a soldier. He had died in a helicopter crash. Um, it was, um, I think some sort of mechanical failure that had caused it. So it wasn't, I mean, it was still in action, but it wasn't enemy fire. Um, but just covering that and, and dealing with, you know, the family and they were very reluctant to let us in at first. And they ended up as asking one of the reporters to leave because they just didn't feel comfortable at one point. But I think that they, I think the best part was they had responded after the video was done and we're really grateful for it um it was a very very moving um funeral which i mean all are but they had recorded his voice um he had read stories to his child so that the child would have that when he was overseas and so they played that during the funeral i mean it was just incredible and and i found myself like being so emotional i thought i don't even know the soldier but it it was those kind of moments that You know, you really want to show people that you're not just this greedy journalist that's trying to, you know, exploit people, but really show how he touched so many people. Yeah, that's yeah, that those kinds of things definitely can be moving and it, it, it puts it on perspective, obviously, too, about why you're doing it and what you're doing and things like that. So, um, well, now you're actually uh, going to be making a transition, I hear, although still at the university in Cedar Falls there at the University of Northern Iowa, but uh, a new adventure coming up. 
Absolutely. So it's funny because I, at the same time last year, I actually had another opportunity to move on to our local utility company, which is an amazing, amazing company to work for. Um, I, I know a very, very few people that ever quit there. Um, they have a tenure of 20 some years for people. I mean, it's just not uncommon to yeah. find somebody that's been there 20, 30 years because they just, they really treat their people well. Yeah. And it had very similar benefits to what I have at the university level. And, um, so I, and I wasn't even really looking. It's funny because the first time I applied for a job outside of athletics, it was, I was trying to get my friend to apply. And the more I talked to her about this job, I was like, why am I not applying? Like, this is a great place to work. So I kind of applied at the last second and, um, and not really expecting a call and not really worrying if I don't, cause I, I just love it right. at UNI athletics, but um, but you know, the hours just can be very tough. And so it was kind of looking for the best of both worlds there. So they, they ended up offering me a position and it just, it didn't seem, I just, I couldn't imagine not being at another national tournament. And, you know, speaking of other great events, like you and I took down, you know, number one, Kansas, and they've taken down, you know, North Carolina. And so not seeing those again, just crushed me. And I thought I, I'm not ready yet. And so this year, um, I was given the opportunity to do social media for our university. And I just feel like it pairs everything so well, because there's so many times I wanted to do the fun stuff in athletics. And with the daily grind, I'm doing a lot of the, the podium shots, because that's what we need. We need right. to get this stuff out to the media. So I'm really looking forward to doing social media for the university so that I can show the fun side of athletics and still find the good stories on the academic side and still stay in that college, you know, arena. And yeah, so I'm really excited to combine what I've already done with some some new opportunities. I get what you're saying about the a the hours and then b the opportunity because that was almost exactly you're you're literally like mirroring the situation that I was in uh, years just a year ago when I was you know contemplating and eventually did make the switch because I wasn't looking but it was kind of like well this could be interesting like you never know. And I just threw my name in the hat at the last minute, like thinking, eh, I like my job. I like, I love the people that I work with. So if this nothing comes of it, oh, well, life goes on. And the phone call came and something did come of it. And it's kind of like, wow, this is like a great opportunity. I can still sort of be involved in sports stuff, although different kind of thing. Um, but they were, st this was like, I'm in a new position that the school district hadn't had before. So that's like a cool professional challenge I've never had before. So it's like, wow, I don't know if this actually might come through and turn into something. And it did. And, it was a little bit of us like, oh, I guess I've got to make this decision. It's like, man, I don't want to break anyone's heart. But, you know, I mean, everyone's replaceable. You know, life goes on, that kind of stuff. So, and of course, the Valleys continue to do great things. Um, but yeah, it was almost like the same kind of situation. And it's kind of like, I really do enjoy having a little bit more of a normal life, like that grind of working in sports. And I always tried to tell college kids when I was at the Valley, you, you go do the guest speaking to, you know, sports management and sports communication students in college about what it's like. And you tell them, yeah, I worked every Thanksgiving for the past six years. <laughs> As you know, as you and I has hosted yes. the, the NBC volleyball tournament several times, um, they're like, you don't get a Thanksgiving. It's like, nope. And last year was the first Thanksgiving. It was pretty nice to be at home on Thanksgiving for a change. So um, that's cool for you. Obviously, it's, it's a good opportunity. And you can see both sides of the world and still be, 
be there to bleed purple and gold for you and I. And, you know, I think that's one thing I'm rambling here now, but a previous podcast podcast guest, we talked about this before we started recording, but Kevin Agee, who does uh, social media and content at the university side for Missouri State, he actually was a grad student in, in athletic communications at Missouri State. And he came, he almost made the similar switch, although he, he was doing his graduate work while working in athletic communications and eventually got the job uh, the university side. Now he's the voice of Missouri State on Twitter like the university and he shares the sports stuff and it's created like a true culture of support like the folks that are on the academic side hey it's okay to support the sports teams because you have these students in your classes and hey fellow students go support your fellow students because you know they play sports that represent this university he's done a really great job of uh, molding those two fitting them together and um, I think he's an, he's he's the voice of Missouri State I, I told him I was like besides the president who's very active on social media you've probably are the next most popular person quote unquote popular because he would as he told me while we're recording he deals with some stuff that you've got to just sort of you know navigate through campus closings parking on campus so much so on so on um but you figure it out and um I think he he wears it a badge of honor because he he went to school at Missouri State. He loves the the community and the community. He does a lot there to make people feel aware and you know invested in the, in the university. So you've got that great opportunity to do the same thing there and take it to another level. So um, it's cool. I, I have to start following you and I the uh, the university account now just to keep track of you. It'll be nice. Yeah, this is a new position for you and I, too. So it's, oh, kind of, okay. it's really refreshing to like see that they're investing that kind of yeah. time and, and effort into it. So, yeah, this will be the third job that nobody has had before me. So it's just it's been fun. Like, is that challenging? Yeah, it is. But it's at the same time, I feel like the bar is always so low that it's not as intimidating because everybody's like, well, we've never had this before. So anything that happens usually ends up being better than what they had. Yeah. And you get to make it your own. And yeah, and it's just, I just feel like in this day and age, that just doesn't happen as often because it's not like social media is new. Right. And so for this to be opening up now, this late in my career and and still be able to jump on, just, I don't know, I'm very blessed with it. Yeah. So and I, I ask you that because that's literally the, the position I'm in now. It's a new position that the school district did not have. And going into it, it's kind of like, Okay, what's the expectation? What am I setting myself up for here? But there's a, there's a there really is a true feeling of ownership because you're starting something that did not exist. And I will I've told several people this before. The first like four or five months is kind of like research and I'm looking at what other school districts are doing with this program and it's like okay how do I want to do mine I'm using some experiences from the valley it's like alright oh what's going to happen but then the ball like once I decided okay I've written as much on paper and I've done as much as I can it's time to open up the door and go out and do stuff and it was working like it was actually it just sort of you know it was going in the right direction so it was a nice sense of fulfillment that 
this can go right. And of course, now I'm in the mode of looking back to what that first year was, tweaking some things, getting ready for the next one and so on. So um, I I looked at a little bit sort of like, man, what did I get myself into? Like, this is going to be interesting, but it was starting to work. And um, there's still a little bit of newness there of like, even this week I had an event that I went to with and we had a sponsor engaged at a thing. And it's kind of like, this is the first time we're doing this at this event. So we're going to see how it goes. And it actually went, it couldn't go on any smoother last night. So I was like, really, really, really happy with that so hopefully it's that smooth for you too like jumping in there so of course and the university already has a twitter account obviously yes yeah you're just now to be able to put some strategy behind it some creativity behind it and make it blossom like a flower i guess right right yeah it's been they'll tell you that it's been more of an afterthought even though they know how strong social media presence like they should be having and how it can make a huge impact and and you know in a time where we want to increase enrollment and and just get our name and our brand out there and establish things with our community and our you know even the nation um yeah they just they said you know when you do other things it becomes an afterthought because you've got to get these things done so yeah. So it'll be great. And it'll be nice to even have a team. I, I will still get to be able to write, I think, because I don't think they're going to say no. If I want to write a feature story, they're not probably going to say no. If I want to do an extra video or something like that, um, they would probably love it. If I took I picked up a camera, that might be the hardest part. I think for me, Yeah, I'm better with just my phone. I'm not <laughs> so great with the, the technology of a, of a still camera, but yeah, I'm really excited to be able to do all those things, but I also have a whole team of graphic designers and photographers and a video person. So if I can't get to something, there might be this opportunity to actually assign it. And that is very exciting to me. <laughs> Not have to feel like you're in eight places at once. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you too. Like I said, these kinds of opportunities are always great for people that are so hardworking that you've seen work so hard in the past. So uh, congratulations. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for you. And we'll definitely have to keep in touch and see where things go for you. Absolutely. Thank you.